On today's episode of Your Support Group, we will be discussing why black people avoid the conversation about mental health. We'll also be talking about ways that you can identify whether or not you may actually be in crisis. And before we begin, I just want to put a disclaimer in. We are not medical doctors. We are not psychologists. We're just here to give you support as we normally do and just have a discussion about these topics. Thank you so much and listen in. I wanted to really dive into the issue of why do why do so many black people avoid the conversation of mental health? I think, first of all, it, it goes back to something I've always said, you know, this this hand-me-down nature of things when it comes to black people. Mm-hmm. You know, like your, your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents, you know, they said black people don't go through these kind of things. Like, we've been through so much. Like, how can we have mental issues? And that's that's not true. That should be the least of our issues, actually, as black people, because we have been so traumatized by uh, racial injustice, uh, prejudice, um, social economical disorder, that it, it should have given us PTSD from the day that we was born, you know? Right. And then your parents may be handing down these thought patterns of when you get pulled over by the police or when this happens or that happens, you know, remember that you're black, you know. So mm-hmm. that adds to more of a, a viewpoint of life and causes mental constraints on you that I think that some people don't even believe they got or don't even know that they have those uh, mental constraints that causes uh, a form of PTSD. Right. You cannot be a minority and not have some type of PTSD, you know, some type of trauma, because just the nature of being under some form of oppression and constantly walking in fear that people are going to do this to you because of your skin color or because of your ethnicity or because of your immigration status or whatever, it's, that is trauma. And a lot of people don't realize it. Like, being afraid to, to to get pulled, like if when I'm driving and a cop is behind me and I know I've done nothing wrong, my entire heart just starts punching against my chest and I get sweaty and I'm like, dang, I like I got a keyload of drugs in the back of the right. car or something like that. Right. <laughs> do you do you ever notice like your hands just automatically go to ten and two? Like when the cop yeah. gets behind you, like it, yes. isn't that weird? That's like a that's a mental thing. That's a uh like a, a a form of almost like being hypnotized into, you know, or ingrained into this whole mental aspect that we have to be afraid. And that comes from the hand-me-down nature of our parents, you know, like I, I love the history telling of the past and when they be like, oh, this, that, and third happened back in 1960 and this is how we got here and this is where your cousin moved here and she became this. And then all of a sudden you talk about, and I'll just use my father, for example, you know, the thing that traumatized him the most when he was 15 years old, you know, a police officer, a couple of police officers pulled up to him just out of the blue, you know, and grabbed him and slammed him on the car. Didn't even ask him his name or nothing like that, you know, and it traumatized him to the point that he looked at, you know, white people differently from that point. 
and mm-hmm. and that's a crazy thing, you know. But it's it's an actual fact of the matter, you know, that those things happen and they became hand-me-down and for better or worse you know sometimes that stuff can get ingrained to save your life and let you remember that you're a black or a person of color but at the same time it, it hinders you and it causes constraints and it causes undue stress to your body and your mind mm-hmm. I agree. yeah so yeah. my family has a a, a a bit of a history with uh, mental illness and mm-hmm. as a kid you know I would see things happening and wonder what was wrong with that person, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of somebody explaining to me. And this is another aspect of, you know, uh, black people afraid to have that hard conversation about mental health. When I would see those people having mental issues and things like that, they would say, oh, well, he is having a bad day or he's not feeling good or, you know, you kind of shelter people or mm-hmm. your kids away if you're a person of color from that. Or even, and this is another another deep topic, when it comes to addiction, <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of people say when it comes to a person of color and it comes to addiction, oh, that's an addict, that's a junkie, that's that, he needs to get off that stuff. But when it comes to a white person uh, being mm-hmm. addicted, then it's uh, it's a mental illness. Like, I got to go mm-hmm. get him help and I got to go put him in this place, in this treatment place. And right. then it factors into socioeconomics because most black people that are crackheads can't mm-hmm. afford to go to rehab. Right. And if there isn't a place for them to go, mm-hmm. then they never get that, that treatment. That same treatment that that white person got, a person of color will not receive because they don't have the money to pay for that treatment. Right. So another aspect, too, I I don't know if you ever thought about it because, like, I grew up in a very religious setting. Like, my grandfather was a a preacher and then my grandmother was on the usher board. (laughs) So we spent a lot of time in church. And a lot of times, and don't get me wrong, like, I believe in spirituality, I believe in God. But a lot of times I feel like black people, black Americans, we put too much emphasis on pray the problem away. Like, yeah, you have to pray. You can pray about it, but you also have to do some work. Like if you know Uncle Bob has an issue, you can't just keep praying about it. You need to take Uncle Bob to somebody who can help him with that problem. Right. Like just just saying pray about it is not going to fix the issue. Also, too, they'll talk about you in the church like a dog. But uh, (laughs) they'll talk about you like a dog now. So you got to be it's two sides to that. One is the the part where they kind of try to brush it under like, oh, just continue to keep on praying for them, you know. And and that comes that comes with the whole hand me down aspect. And then uh, you also got the part where they talk about you so much that instead of you actually going to the church, and maybe having a conversation and maybe getting a little bit of uh, mental clarity from the church, it causes you to want to avoid going to the church because they talk about you so much, you know, mm-hmm. or, or make you seem like you're such a bad person that you that you pick up on the vibe that you don't need to be there. And it can actually add to more of the mental problems that you're currently having. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the sad part about it is also, too, now you got so many children now, children of mm-hmm. color that's struggling with uh, mental health issues 
the the number of attempted suicides for children of color are up and and this is just a flashlight into my life you know i actually contemplated as a as a young kid actually committing suicide and i always you know talk to my kids and and have conversations with them and people please <laughs> always have conversations with your kids because you, you never know what they're actually going through in the inside. And if you're constantly at work or you never have really time with them. I mean, today I had the moment to where I actually was able to sit down with my kids and watch a movie. Even though the baby was asleep, that's the only way we can watch a movie in this house. Because <laughs> the baby get up and she want to re- reenact everything that she see on TV. Oh. <laughs> yeah, because then she's trying to do flips off of everything. She's trying to oh, kick, kick many in the head and ride her mini car around the house and it doesn't work. But anyway, oh <laughs> but anyway, I had the uh, thought of maybe my kids can benefit from some of the things that, you know, I went through and I wouldn't put those, those constraints on them. I let them see the world for themselves, you know? So I always try to have a conversation with them. I always, I'm always optimistic. You know, I never slam anything that they say and say, oh, that's stupid. Don't do that. You know, do this, you know, because because forcing your kids to do certain things can cause them to have mental issues, too. You know, so you got to you got to walk a fine line. And with technology and cyberbullying and everything nowadays, you don't know what they're going through. So it's always best to try to understand and have a conversation with them. You know, with me being able to just sit down and watch a movie with uh, my daughter and have little, little tidbit conversations and stuff like that, you know, I get to see what what she sees out here in the world, you know, mm-hmm. in her viewpoint of it. So I, I think that's that's something that a lot of people need to do is just make sure you check on your kids. Too. Yeah. One of the things that uh, I do when I pick my kids up from school is I always ask them, how was your day? Right. And like. And I said, just tell me, like, we have open conversations. We don't, I, t- I talk to my kids about a lot of stuff and they sometimes they think it's gross and sometimes they're like, mom, but I'm like, I want you to hear from me. I don't want you hearing it out there because they could tell you something wrong. Right. But at the same time, I just want them to know that I'm a person that they can, you know, tell things to like, don't hide it. Like I'm here. And like, I don't like, like you said, I don't invalidate their feelings. If you feel a type of way about something, T- tell me why you feel that way and we'll talk about it i'm not just gonna you know like our parents used to do us just shut up and go in your room and da, 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 da. yeah it's like no hey we have to listen to our children and understand that they are people and they do have feelings and if they feel some way about something it's because they feel that way <laughs> you know uh-huh. we can't just be okay go just go sit down <laughs> my kids i give them all mental clarity to, to, to basically say how you feel i still i still do it but in the past i used to say you know Okay, something's frustrating you. You got mm-hmm. 30 seconds to get it out your mouth the best way you possibly can. I don't care how you say it, just say it. And mm-hmm. bam, they just go to town. You know, some bad words may get may get said. Right. <laughs> I, I want I want you to have that freedom just to say how you feel, get it up off your chest, and then I say, Well, okay, bam. This is this is how you handle that situation. I just have them just do that and I found out that that was so refreshing to them, you know, because that weight was lifted. You, you're, mm-hmm. you're, 
you're talking to your dad, but it's like I'm talking to somebody who understands me or gets me. Okay. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because they think we were born adults sometimes. Like I tell my kids, I say, I was your age at one point too. So I I know what's going on. (laughs) Like I'm not, I wasn't born this this age. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I always tell my kids, if I could tell you, or you could live through everything that I've been through, seen, smelled, felt, everything that ever happened to me, you would be thankful for the knowledge that I impart on you. (laughs) Exactly. These things happen to me so I can make your day better. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen the other way around. I'm very blessed that you're in my life because, I mean, you make it all worth it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, these things happen and I'm able to impart some knowledge and make it a lot better on you. My kids, my kids won't be able to be bullied or anything like that. I'm a troll. (laughs) (laughs) I troll my kids every day. You know, I call the baby stink butt. I say, come here, yeah. little stink butt. Go mess with my older daughters. And I'll be like, oh, man, there's corn chips and Doritos in the room. You know, I'm talking about <laughs> their feet, you know, or I'm talking about your hair. You know, like, oh, you, now you turn into a puppy. You're going to shed everywhere. You know, Yeah. I do those little things just so that I can be sure that they never feel like how I felt when I was there. You know, I was not always, I would say, not secure in my own skin. Mm -hmm. And no, this is not no coming out speech. I am a lover (laughs) of women. But um, (laughs) for most of my... (laughs) For most of my life, uh, I had a hard time being secure in my skin because of so many different things that happened. And I was always told to you know almost in a in a format of shut up and just dribble you know shut up and just dribble right Mm -hmm. this is how I feel or these are the issues that I'm I'm having or you know it was none of those conversations Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that yeah I mean come on we we grew up in the same era so it was none of those conversations (laughs) of how you feel you better ball them oodles and noodles and shut the hell up right like you have no feelings I'm I'm gonna tell you how you feel (laughs) you gonna feel this belt if you don't shut up but uh, I had to deal with that. And and basically, like, even until adulthood, like the early stages of my life, you know, when I went through my divorce, though, you know, I had I had so many mental things from the past catch up to me during my divorce. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it scared me right after that. That's when I had joined the church and started going to church on a regular basis because of the thought pattern had completely just changed. Like it got really dark and gloomy, you know, and I'm I'm very thankful, you know, for the family that basically took me in, you know, as their son. They'll never, well, if they listen to the podcast, they probably know, <laughs> but they'll never know, you know, how, how bad it was internally for me. And it, it really helped to get me back on course. Now, not to say that that's something that will work for everybody. Someone will will need definitely a deeper dive into maybe sit down with somebody who has a degree and can get them straight. But by me previously dealing with those issues and and finding uh, solace in, you know, just reading and finding my way, I knew that uh, once I, I got to that point where... I could I could dig myself out that hole and get out that dark space. 
I was good. And that's what me going to church and being around people and just having a conversation and month after month and then years came and then all of a sudden I was doing a movie with you. (laughs) 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 A couple years after that, I was doing a movie with you. Then I got remarried. (laughs) Then, you know, it's like a you try to look at the bright side of things at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it can be hard for other people. But for me, it was a a little bit easier day by day. You know, it was a older guy. He was a temp at the job at the company I worked for at the time, you know. And he kind of he kind of seen me like going through it, but nobody else at the company did. You know, like I'd be at work every day working, and he kind of seen I was going through something, you know, cuz I was kind of I wasn't like totally withdrawn. I was basically an upside down smiley face like I was like right. faking. I was like faking that I was happy, you know, I was in a good mood. And so like he seen that uh, I was going through it and he was like, hey, you know, he kind of pulled me to the side. He was like, for one, get a picture of your kids and look at that picture every day and remember your kids and then remember who you are. Look at look at this company. Look how look how much they need you. Think about your mom. How's your relationship with your mom? I'm like, mom, me and my mom. Good. He was like, well, think about your relationship with your mom. Just think about nothing but positive thoughts all day and he said um he said i know you have to call her to talk to your kids but just remember who you are when you call basically i would like one word or i'd be like hey how you doing can i speak to the kids (laughs) so he actually helped me with those steps on how to get better and then like i said everything else fell into place so so i it's a little flashlight into my life, and I know I don't like sharing too much personal stuff because this is a podcast. I don't know all you people. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I know all of you. Trust me. I know all of you because everybody has been through something, so we know one another. But, um, yeah, that's that's the gist of my issue with uh, mental health. Now, I want to dive into how to know that you're going because a lot of times... A lot of times you you won't even know like I like I, I'll say like it's a few people out here that doesn't that don't actually know that they're actually depressed and they're moving in a real depressed state you know mm-hmm. a person that's constantly sleeping mm-hmm. a person that may overeat mm-hmm. may over party mm-hmm. a person that find themselves in weird predicaments and I'm talking about everything from one night stands to trying drugs that you would never try before or drunk driving or anything. You know, um, you you may have some depressed attributes going on with you. And it may be some bipolar issues, too, because I know a few people who had bipolar issues and they started being the party person just out of the blue like oh like you know you never do nothing like that then a couple months later you find out that they had like the whole bipolar breakdown you know Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just so many little small identifying factors there yeah i agree um some of the things that i say is if you find yourself like constantly having thoughts of like a why why would anybody like me why why do why would anybody love me Mm. like if you constantly push people away because you don't know why people would love you and gravitate towards you that means you have some internal issues that you need to unpack and find out why because you you don't love yourself 
because you're finding it hard to believe that other people can love you because right. you don't love you the way you should love you. So that was one of the things that I um, I would see in some certain people. Um, I know for myself, my battle with mental issues like depression came in when I went through my divorce as well because I was a victim of abuse. And even though it was a situation where I would fight back because you know, <laughs> you're not going to put your hands on me. <laughs> get away with it but it was still she very was about it about it <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I was about that life like I'll fight it. <laughs> but anyway it's not a laughing matter but at the no, time it was just very it was very you know traumatizing to, to be in a relationship with a person who says that they love you and I was like to myself do I even love me because if I love me why am I participating in this behavior that is contradicting the love of myself and so finally, after five years, I was like, okay, I got to move on from this. And then it was a process. It took me like two years to get over that. Like, I felt like a letdown, like a failure. And right. it, was just, it was crazy. But like, I had to, I actually had to go talk, get counseling and talk to a women's group and, you know, unpack all of that. Right. To find out like, why would I engage in this behavior? And it was because, hey, maybe I don't love myself as much as I should. Because if I did, why would I accept this behavior? So that's uh, one of the things you could also look for in yourself and other people. Right. And I forgot to add that aspect in too as well. Because as a man, when you go through a divorce or a relationship breaks down, the first thing that goes through everybody's mind is, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> like, were you cheating? Were you, were you cheating? I'm that crazy. And I... I couldn't answer none of that because I was like, no, I've, I mean, I haven't been doing anything. You know, what what did I do wrong? You know, and, and that was the, the hardest part, you know, and that's what drove more mental issues into me. I think that that's why I was down more than anything, because I was like, hold up. You know how your confidence level be like super high? Like I'm married, I got a wife, I got kids, you know. Right. Da, da, da. You think you gotta go on. <laughs> right. I got a job, this, that, and the third. I'm I'm rocking it, you know. I got the whole family aspect looking good. And then all that happened and then all your confidence goes out the window. And everybody yeah. know mm-hmm. that I mean confidence is a great thing for, for, for men and women, but for a man mm-hmm. to lose his confidence. He, he's already taken the steps up to the top floor. <laughs> he, you know, it, it's, it's hard, you know, and it, and it took me a while, you know, like I said, I, I had to, 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 to go to church and, you know, have that conversation with the, 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 the guy that was a temp and just being around people and talking, you know, and just finding ways to work through my, my issues, you know, it, it really helped. Mm-hmm. But, but like I said, it's a lot of people up out here that that's not going to do for because they first of all they can't stop their triggers you know and I'm not I'm not I I don't know how to say this (laughs) mental (laughs) shaming nobody or blaming anybody but I'm not shaming anyone if if Mm -hmm. they can't you know stop those triggers because sometimes it's hard I mean you may your trigger may be your trigger may be your family actually Mm mm-hmm you may have an issue with when you go over your aunt house, you know, mm-hmm. but this aunt always comes by her sister's house, which is your mom or something like that. And I'm just making this up. I love all my mm-hmm. aunts. 
Don't get it twisted. <laughs> but, <laughs> who he talking about? I'm about to call him. <laughs> yeah, who he talking about? You know, your trigger may be that aunt, you know, and she always comes by, you know. It, it causes, well, you you may not be able to have that conversation with your mom to be like, hey, you know, I feel this, that way. But it's things you can do. Like when they come by, just say, hey, how you doing? And just keep it moving. Go in your direction. You know, mm-hmm. go go outside. Just get away from that person. Mm-hmm. It, it may be a, a certain lifestyle choice. Like, you know, right. you get depressed and start crying when you drink it. Don't drink. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, don't drink. Don't drink. This way you don't have that self-guilt. This way you don't have those thoughts. Stop drinking. Um, same way with drugs. You, you have a self-guilt. Then next thing you know, you're talking about this and you shouldn't be doing this. And then you're thinking about your kids. And then all of a sudden you get depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, stop doing or at least seek help. Because it's a lot of people out here who say, oh, I don't have a problem. <laughs> And that right. problem is way worse than you think. Because I'm here to tell you, the weed from back in my day uh-huh. and this weed that they got now smells it totally ain't. different. <laughs> it smells totally different. I it don't... does. Does it not stink like... And this is not... The weed from back in the day just smelled natural. It smelled like and earth. now it just it smells... I, would, I literally walk by people, I'm like, ew. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like... We didn't, we didn't have this back in my day. <laughs> like this stuff, like I smell this stuff now and it automatically makes me sick on my stomach. Mm-hmm. And it, I, like I tell people all the time, I think I'm allergic because it almost causes me to have vertigo from even smelling in it. But <laughs> anyway, it's loud. <laughs> that's what they call it. That's what they call it. They call it loud. So <laughs> listen, I'm not judging you weed smokers, but I'm just saying some of you can't function without smoking weed and then a lot of people don't realize this but some people get angry or meaner when they're Mm -hmm. not smoking weed because they smoke weed so for example if you smoke weed day after day after day right and that time Mm -hmm. that one day you don't smoke weed Mm -hmm. it's like everything just triggers their anger everything just makes them mad and you're like what in the heck is going on with you like what are you okay yeah i'm mad i'm mad this that and the third i'm like dude like you just dropped your phone just pick it up mm-hmm. like it's all right yeah that's serious. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't that serious but when you high and you drop your phone like man i need to get me a new phone anyway mm-hmm. you know i actually uh seen that uh that conversation actually happened in the tupac movie um mm. when uh his mom came to the hospital and he was angry and she was like, oh, baby, that's 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 just the weed angries. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that it that does exist. Like, I thought I was tripping yeah. like as a kid, like I would, you know, like you be around that one adult and they always cool and fun. And then when they ain't got no weed, they mad. They like super angry. Right. And I was like, why is this person mad as I don't know what now? Because that's not their personality. The weed right. angries is, is real. <laughs> it's a thing, right? It's real. I think because. Part of the reason is people get um, accustomed to the way they, they behave with a particular substance in their body. And when they don't have it, they think because they don't have it, they, I don't know how to phrase that, but they, they think, oh, I didn't get it today. So now I have to, to, to act a different kind of way. 
I don't know if that makes sense, <laughs> but it just. But wouldn't that be a trait of a, an addiction? Yeah. <laughs> See, everybody say, oh, I can't get addicted to weed. But if you're getting mad because you can't get it, that's mm-hmm. a sign that you have an addiction. Yeah. And it's like that with not just um, drugs and alcohol. A lot of people are addicted to to a lot of people use food as an escape. Like I they, mean, I love my vape. You know, yeah. I, I love I love my vape. It hasn't caused me no health issues. I actually, I'm mm-hmm. a lot more healthier than what I was when I used to chain smoke them Newports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I mean, you could call it what it is. I'll say I'm a vape addict. I mean, we're all addicted to something. We're but it's all addicted to something. Addicted. I'm addicted to working out. Like if I don't work out, I feel like the world is about to come to an end. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't sweat today. So... I just start sweeping the go sweep the rug even though I have a vacuum. Like this feels like working out. <laughs> right. But but does that qualify as a, a mental issue? Um look, I'm gonna tell you this. I, I saw a post one time on Facebook and it says there are two types of people that exist in the world. There's the diagnosed and the undiagnosed. <laughs> And I really do feel that that is true. Like everyone I come across when I'm talking to them, I can detect certain, like I can detect when people have anxiety issues. I can tell when people have some type of trauma lingering. I can tell when people have, uh, they haven't unpacked certain feelings. I can tell when people are control freaks. I'm a control freak. Like I don't even like surprise parties. That's how much of a control freak I am. I never picked that up about you. I've never picked that up. I, I've never, I never felt like you had a control issue. Like I, I've seen you kind of grimace, like during some of the filming. It's like, no, yeah. I don't want it that way. But okay, it was a struggle sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. I never picked you for a person that had a, a control issue. But see, the thing about it is, a lot of us learn to live with our issues. For me, it's like. I know that everybody's not going to do things exactly like how I want it. So I have to, in my internally, even though I'm like, mm-hmm. I have to like, okay, calm down. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I have to compromise. <laughs> yeah. I Like I tell people all the time, I'm the meanest person inside my head. Mm-hmm. I am, I, I, I'm telling you, like I've fought so many people inside my head. <laughs> I can but you know like I, I've contained that anger most of my life you know um, for the best part you know I think I've done a pretty good job like I've gotten to a couple of brawls but it was <laughs> it was unwarranted you know like I, I didn't really like ask for it but inside my head I was like I've been waiting for a long time <laughs> I've been waiting for a long time to break free. Ah, here we go. <laughs> Sometimes people be asking for. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I recently had uh and I'm not going to name the place, person, thing that happened, but I've done a serious good job on controlling it when it comes to family. Like like I don't I don't I don't fist fight family. I don't fist fight right. family. I might get into an argument with, with a cousin or my brother or something like that. But, I mean, you can ask any of them. I've never thrown a punch. 
never throwing a punch. Uh-huh. We might tussle, roll around the ground or whatever, but I won't throw a punch because uh-huh. once I throw a punch, I feel like I've gone too far, you know, when uh-huh. it comes to when it comes to family. But yeah, definitely I'm with you. Like I have definitely some undiagnosed issues inside my head uh-huh. <laughs> that that I like to keep inside my head. But yeah, it's just so many things that is packed into ways of diagnosing or seeing Mm -hmm. mental issues Mm -hmm. that I I feel like some of the ways that you can actually kind of help yourself, like you said, working out, working out is one of them. Um, You said it. And another guy that I had on the podcast, shout out to him, Mm D'Artagnan. It gives you mental clarity. You know, one of the things that I noticed when I was working out a lot of the times when I got done working out, I had no issues. I had no nothing I wanted to talk nobody about or fuss about or anything like it. Almost like uh, Cat Williams said, I just lift the weight and was like, forget them bills. <laughs> forget them bills, you know. Let me put this 20 pounder on here right quick. Forget them bills. Yeah. You know, look at these gang. But um, going for walks, going for walks yeah. really helps to give you that clarity finding that one person that you that you trust in that you can confide in and just have a conversation because everybody believe it or not everybody needs somebody you need that one person that you can have that conversation with whether it be uh your mate or uh somebody that you grew up with it might not even be family but you just need that one person that you can basically tell all your 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 deep dark secrets too and kind of get it up off your chest without them judging you or making you feel less than a person because you're saying this is the way what you're thinking you know Mm -hmm. and maybe they may have some insight maybe they can actually tell you where to go get some help or might just call you some help if it's really bad because i've I've known of a few people that 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 had that kind of conversation with friends and they was like yeah i'm gonna uh basically have like a mental intervention with them um Mm -hmm. bringing in somebody and i was like yeah that's that's a really good idea just have them just sit down and just talk you know all three of y'all talk and just see if he can get the help that he needs or something like that and Mm -hmm. yeah it really helped it really helped the guy out a whole lot that's a good way uh, also, too, if all that fails, and I know I sound hand-me-down when I say this, <laughs> and you know what I'm going to say, but I would say get into the good book. Read you some scriptures. Um, just go through the Bible. It's something I used to do, and it was kind of a weird mental thing, but it helped me to avoid a lot of bugged-out conversations with people. Because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't, I, I'll tell everybody this. I don't know the Bible backwards and forwards, but it's certain mm-hmm. scriptures that always stuck in my head. And so I would go to those scriptures when I would feel like it's getting a little dark in the room and mm-hmm. read those scriptures and it would kind of help me out. And I'd be like, okay, so go through the Bible, find you a couple of good scriptures, read them, uh, read them out loud or possibly find you a good church. Don't find you one of the ones that's going to beat you down and make you feel worse than what you were before because those exist. <laughs> <laughs> find you a church that you feel comfortable with someone that has like small groups where you can get with like a tight-knit group of people and y'all get, gather like once a week and y'all talk 
uh, just about stuff that's going on in your life and that information stays within your circle right it doesn't leave your circle right and also too i find out that the younger churches and what i mean by younger churches like the new churches that's coming up and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they have those type of groups more than the old wood floor churches from back in the day Mm -hmm. um and so it's not that i'm saying abandon the wood floor churches no they that's the best church music that you're gonna ever hear but (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be some good music (laughs) the music gonna be fire yeah, yes. it's gonna be fine. Also, they can journal. Journal is a good way in meditating and taking yoga, and you know, there's a lot of different things you can do. Reading books, writing, uh, riding bikes, riding mm-hmm. bikes is almost it, it, it qualifies for uh, going for a walk, sightseeing, and exercising all at the same time. Well, you're not <laughs> kill three birds with one stone. If if that don't give you mental clarity. Nah, but yeah, all seriousness, definitely find ways to actually help yourself. And, and and if it gets really serious, there's hotlines and help groups out there that can... I'm more than likely going to link some of those in the uh, description as well, because, I, I mean, we're having a real discussion about something that's real. I know I shared a couple of jokes and shared some of my viewpoints about it, but I just want everybody to understand that we are not psychologists. I cannot diagnose you. I can't say who's bipolar, who's not bipolar. Hell, I may be bipolar. Who knows? But <laughs> but definitely uh, want to make sure that everybody's getting the help that they need because of the times that we're living in and some of the things that people don't went through. Like people lost jobs and family members and I recently heard a story about a guy who lost his job, lost his kid to COVID all in the same week. That's hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard. You know, that's a that's a lot, you know, to take in. So it's a lot of topics like that or similar to that out there. And I just want to make sure that everybody gets the help that they need. So, yeah, it's definitely yeah. way more serious than some of the jokes that I've made. But, yeah, and, and you can afford to laugh. You should laugh. Laughter is good for the heart. It is. If you can't laugh at yourself, you shouldn't laugh at nobody else. No, because I, I definitely laugh at myself. Some of the things that I've done in the past, highly questionable. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Highly questionable. And also, I would like to add this one little uh, final note. One of the things that I would also say to you, because a lot of people will be in denial, um, it's okay to not be okay. Like, <laughs> We're in this age now where it's okay to say, look, I'm just not okay. And just be real with yourself. You know, take a break, take a pause, take a beat, and just sit back and say, you know what? If I keep having the same issue repeatedly, maybe I need to do some things different. And then start seeking that help you need. Look, everybody can't be at their best every day. Nope. It's going to be some, some days where you're just going to have to take that long walk yeah. through through time and a little bit of help and friendship and your support group. That's what it's all yeah. about. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Your support group, you know. Hey, we, we answer questions here, too. You know, I'm not. No, look, don't get it twisted. I just said I am not <laughs> qualified. Don't ask me. Don't send me no pictures talking about, Kenny, what is this rash I got on my leg? Right. <laughs> no, no. Because, see, I'm, I'm going to be like, look, 
you need to take that to uh back where you got that from because uh, <laughs> I, I don't i don't know what that is but uh yeah as always q i thank you so much for joining me yeah, no problem yeah yeah this is this is a topic that's kind of dead in my heart because i've 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 dealt with family members and myself as well with uh, mental issues or mental health issues and you know the way the stigma goes is you know like I said black people can't have these issues but we do mm-hmm. you know and I've also dealt with the mental health issue that a lot of people don't want to call a mental health issue you know and that's addiction you know with family mm-hmm. members so and it, it took it took a whole conversation with my father for me to realize that mental health well addiction falls under mental health so mm-hmm. uh definitely yeah appreciate you having this conversation with you. oh no problem hi i'm kenneth and this is your support group thanks for tuning in